At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It's hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out in Colorado as we are getting you guys set for Selection Sunday. Bracket reveal coming up later on this afternoon. But keep it locked at VEASAN.com all day long. We've got six hours of live coverage for free. Not only can you hear us, but you'll also be able to see us. So take advantage of that opportunity. Real quick here, James, uh, at halftime in the Ivy League, championship game. Want to get your thoughts to see if we can do anything in the second half. Yale leads Princeton 32-25. to Yale right now at BetMGM, three and a half point favorites on the live number. 131 and a half is our total. And again, the struggles from the outside. Three out of 15 for Princeton. That's what they rely on, shooting 39% from the outside. Not hitting right now at 20%. Hence, that's why they're down here. And I think for Yale, yeah, they did lose their last matchup to Princeton. It was a high-scoring game. 81-75 to was the final. But prior to that, they had won seven straight against Princeton. So Yale is under, understands how to play. That's the thing when you get to these conference tournaments, especially in in. You think about the Ivy League, these teams have been playing. These are teams and these are players that stick together. These aren't one and tons by any means. So <laughs> you're going to have very experienced teams, but also players that are used to playing against their opponents. So they know them very well. And and in this case for Yale, knowing that Princeton is going to have to live beyond the three-point line, being able to get out there and, and play group good perimeter defense, forcing them into tougher shots here. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get involved right now. I mean, the number is completely flipped. Like you said, it's now in favor of Yale with Princeton closing as a three. I saw it at three and a half yep. favorite at some places, too. Um, I don't think I'm going to get involved. I'm not trusting where Princeton is right now, being able to shoot the basketball. A lot of times, too, it's the confidence factor. And, yeah, going in at halftime, get your mind right. But is their mind right, ready to get back after it and be able to have some confidence to shoot threes, considering how poorly they've shot it in the first half? Not a play for me. And just to set the table here at the top of the hour for the games that are about to tip off in the SEC championship game, Tennessee, six-and-a-half-point favorites against Texas A&M, total 131-and-a-half. I know you played the over 130-and-a-half. You leaned toward the Aggies getting six-and-a-half, though, but your official play is the over in that game. And the A-10 championship, Richmond getting three-and-a-half. You are on the Spiders in this spot in the A-10 title game against Davidson, total 137-and-a-half. But your play, though, Richmond plus three-and-a-half, nothing for me in either game, but there's also live betting opportunities, which we will be keeping right. our eyes on. But James, the big story will turn our attention to the NFL. This week was the quarterback shuffling that we saw there, and the biggest of them all was Russell Wilson going from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos, and this was a massive trade here. Broncos receiving Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick this year, while the Seahawks get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and a fifth-round draft pick. You made a play right after we heard this news here. Why don't you let the folks know what this impact does when you see a trade like this with Russell Wilson going to the Rocky Mountains now? 
Well, you knew as soon as Russell Wilson was announced going to Denver, all the futures market was going to shift significantly. And and obviously it did for whether it was winning the conference or winning the Super Bowl. I didn't go that to that extent. I don't think this – it definitely makes Denver a contender. I think getting Russell Wilson, that's been the issue. That's been the issue since the, the Broncos won the Super Bowl back in 2015. Super Bowl 50 was with Peyton Manning. Now, Peyton Manning was definitely at the end of his career at that point, but, and that Super Bowl was won by the defense. But it was the mm-hmm. fact that you had Manning out there and you had – he had stability at the quarterback position. That's what Denver has not had since then. It's just been this revolving door of, of swing and miss draft picks, trying to go high in the draft, and Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke, and that the latest one, as well as just the number of fill-ins, just Case Keenum, just trying to plug and play something in there to take advantage of still the defense that was there for the Denver Broncos. Well, now you have Russell Wilson, and, and I think Russell Wilson coming over to Denver, not only from the perspective that it gives Denver a shot in the arm, because I think defensively, this team is still really good. The secondary is they, they have one of the better secondaries in all the NFL, but their linebackers, that was the issue last year for Denver. Their linebackers were completely decimated. At one point, they had seven linebackers on injury reserve. They were picking up wow. guys looking down at the park across the street at Mile High Stadium at, <laughs> at Jefferson Park. Hey, man, you guys playing pickup? You want to suit up? We need somebody that can play the middle of the field. They were just really beat up. But I think that was the pressure on Denver and that defense knowing, man, we have got to get a stop each and every time because the quarterback play is is so sporadic and it's just so iffy there. We have to keep these games, the 20 to 17 style of games, well, now you have Russell Wilson there having that stability at the quarterback position, the ability to make plays. They do have some holes on this roster, Femi, but every team has holes on this roster. I just yeah. think it does gives such a confidence boost to this team, especially the defensive side. So I looked within the division, and remember, that's where I went here. I took the division uh, for Denver to win the AFC West plus 275. I think it's down. I got it at MGM, and now it's down at 250. But that was the best number I found, plus 275, just looking at it, not only for from that perspective of the the boost that it's going to give to this team, but also that Denver is playing a last place schedule in 2022. And you look at the schedule they're playing, the home games they're going to host, the Jets, the Colts, what are they going to do at the quarterback position? The Texans, the Cardinals, they're having issues at quarterback as well uh, at the 49ers. And the 49ers are a team, we're going to go with Trey Lance, you're going to have a rookie there. You're going to have the best quarterback on the field in each one of those matchups. The road games here for Denver, Ravens, Panthers, Jags, Titans, Rams, and Seattle. I think you could argue, aside from that Rams game potentially, that it's Stafford might be the best quarterback out there. Denver now has the advantage at the quarterback position, non-division games uh, of of basically every opponent they're going to play. That has not been the case since Peyton Manning left. So it's a huge upgrade for Denver. I love the move. Plus 275 to win the West. That was my play. And I think that's an important note that because when this trade happened, a lot of people, their attention went towards the Super Bowl market there. And you would kind of attack the division market just because. I think it's going to be a tough road for them to win the Super Bowl. They are significantly yeah. better, but you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs in that division, the L.A. Chargers. They have $56 million in salary cap space, likely to be players once free agency begins tomorrow. The Raiders made the playoffs last year. They have cap space. They could be players in that division there. And it's almost like the AFC is so difficult that I like the fact that you targeted the division instead of to win the conference or to win the Super Bowl because those numbers are going to be hanging around all year long long there the division price is the one that I think has the best chance to shorten if they start out fast 
Yeah, that's what I figured. I'm not going to get a better number than 275. So mm. let's go ahead and get involved there. And it is. AFC West now has become the most competitive division in all of football. I think last year it was the NFC West. Well, that is completely flipped. Just looking at the quarterback situation in the NFC West compared to now what we're seeing in the AFC West. And I think for, for the Chargers, you mentioned them being a player. Now they've got Khalil Mack going to be the other yep. bookend pass rusher with Bosa on the other side. So that that's a huge upgrade for that defense. I think they still have some issues at the quarterback position but anytime you have a great pass rush like like the Chargers are going to have that's going to help your secondary significantly but I, I think these teams are going to beat up on each other and home field advantage is really almost in a sense non-existent anymore when I look at games where they're playing at home or on the road I'm looking more so at a team's schedule leading up to that game as opposed to uh, how well they play on the road or playing at home I think there's only a few places that have a home field advantage Denver being one of them it's yeah. a great crowd the the the, the fans I mean it's a hungry crowd here it's a Broncos town for Get all the other teams. It will always be a cow town here in Denver, rooting for the Denver Broncos. But playing at elevation, playing at the Mile High Stadium, I mean, is a tremendous advantage. And looking at that schedule, I just couldn't pass up that 275. We expect another quarterback to be on the move as early as maybe tomorrow in Houston Texans quarterback, currently Houston Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Friday, this past Friday, he was cleared, or rather, cleared, and he, he will not be charged criminally, is what I should be saying here, for the uh, lawsuits that he is facing, the allegations that went out last offseason. There will be no criminal charges, so the expectation is that he will be playing in 2022. Ian Rappaport tweeted this out about an hour ago, saying that the Saints and Panthers have made Made offers to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson and are likely to meet with him soon, is what sources tell him and Tom Pelissero. Other teams are also involved. Watson has a no-trade clause and wants to meet with teams before formally waiving it if he's to go somewhere. BetMGM right now has a market open for which team will be the team that Deshaun Watson plays for for his next snap on the football field. The Panthers are the favorites at plus 200. The Seahawks plus 350 after getting rid of Russell Wilson. Tampa Bay's 4-1. New Orleans plus 450. They were in that report. Then it's a drop-off to the Steelers at plus 750 and a bunch of other teams. But where do you think this whole thing ends up with Deshaun Watson likely being traded as early as tomorrow? Yeah, that's not a bet I'm going to make. I'm not going to get involved with the speculation here. This is mm -hmm. totally different. I know, yes, now he went through the he went through the grand jury and he's not going to be charged with anything. But just because you haven't been charged or you weren't convicted didn't mean that you're not guilty. Yeah. I mean, you think about the judicial system in this country, it doesn't mean that that's just. And so I think there's baggage there, and that's the difference here. You're bringing – he's going to be bringing a lot of baggage. There's still the civil suits that are going to come up, as well as the fact that what is Goodell going to do? We've seen for conduct – conduct off the field we've seen Goodell suspend players in the past now mm -hmm. uh, probably because it, uh, you know Deshaun Watson didn't bet on the NFL games he probably won't get suspended <laughs> for a year maybe he'll get a slap on the wrist you know because abuse of, of players and uh, people and women in this case here yeah that doesn't carry much of a suspension yeah. anymore in the NFL it's it's all about don't bet on our games for a measly $1,500 yeah don't fire I, in parlays <laughs> exactly right yeah big deal 18 parlays we gotta talk to we gotta talk to yeah man, honestly on, we, we, yeah what, what are we I, Doing, and Calvin. I fire parlays too, and I'll tell you flat out, I did a degenerate play on Friday night, and, and and it worked out very well. It was a handsome play that came out on the side, but I don't recommend that for you kids at home listening wanting yes. to be a sports better. But I but I think for Deshaun Watson, this is something that this is a cloud that's going to hang over his head. So this isn't just somebody that that's. 
fell out of favor with this team and moving on, and now you're going to be the face of the franchise. You know, there's going to be a cloud hanging over his head throughout the, throughout the next season or however he plays and whenever he gets suspended. However that happens, I don't know. But it's just right now, this is just not a market that I want to get into. I don't know where Deshaun Watson goes. I don't really care where he goes, wherever he goes. That's probably going to be more so if he does. Depending on what team he goes to, Femi, that's mm-hmm. probably going to be more so a fade against because I think because of that baggage and all the offseason, all the off-field issues that are going to be constantly swirling around him and that team, that's a team I'm going to be looking to bet against. Yeah, and that's the thing to keep in mind because whenever that transaction happens, it could be tomorrow, it could be Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever, that a lot of odds are going to shift and you don't even know if he's going to be suspended or not. So keep that in mind when that news comes out to not automatically fire in a bet on whichever team ends up getting Deshaun Watson. On the other side, Vinny Maiulo, odds maker of the South Point, joins us to talk a little selection Sunday. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out in Colorado. We're talking all things Selection Sunday. And to help us get ready for the day, we bring in our next guest, Vinny Maiulo, odds maker here at the South Point. He'll also be on later on as a part of our VEASAN Selection Sunday coverage. Vinny, we appreciate you joining us here this morning. And before we get into Selection Sunday stuff, I wanted to ask you about how you guys did yesterday because Conference Tournament Week almost feels like it's just as big as March Madness these days. How did the book make out yesterday with all the action that we saw in the Conference Tournament games? Yeah, Femi, uh, good to be with you and James. Uh, yeah, so far this week has been good. It's been kind of a an increase by day, guys. You know, uh, you know, the first few days of the tournament was rather quiet, but you could see the crowds grow. You know, certainly Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, uh, we had our uh, had the biggest crowd. So over the, uh, the last uh, five, six years, uh, conference tournament week has become extremely popular here in Las Vegas. We have five tournaments here too, so the folks that come here they uh, obviously support their teams, but they also bet on those games and their the ability to bet pre-game and then during the games as well. And the apps have become not just a, a great novelty anymore, but they're pretty standard. So. Uh, and, in, you know, the folks that go to those events not only bet on those games, but they also tie in the other tournaments that are out of state as well. So Conference Tournament Week has become increasingly bigger here. And then, uh, of course, today what folks that we get looking at is with just such a limited number of games, they'll bet today's games, of course, but they'll also be waiting for us uh, to release uh, the, uh, the games uh, for, uh, for next week as well once, uh, once they're announced. 
behind the counter from the bookmaker's side and and the work that goes into it prior to the brackets released how does that process work for you guys what kind of preparation do you put in before those brackets release and then are you anticipating teams being certain reasons certain matchups and then having to adjust and then when do once those those seedings are set and we know who's playing who and playing where how soon do you follow up with the numbers that come out for those games yeah, James, good question. So here's what we're doing right now. So right now, I'm, the reason I'm not into I, I take right now this morning just to be by myself. Chris Andrews is by himself. Rich uh, Bachelary, uh, who's got an outstanding opinion on these uh, these games, uh, he's separate. Jimmy Vicaro, we're all separate right now, tweaking our numbers and, uh, you know, just uh, seeing what, what potential matchups there are. Uh, you know, but you know what? I just we wait, and once once the games, once the the matchups are announced by region guys, we'll all make our numbers, and we make them separate. And, and obviously now, and then you know, so Richie will make a number, Jimmy make a number, Vinny makes a number, Chris makes a number. Then Chris decides. You have to have somebody quarterback and say, okay, this is what we're going to open it here at the South Point. So as soon as the games are announced then we've got a number to, to go. Now, what takes a little bit more time is administratively, right? you got to wait for the system. And when I say the system, in this case, let's use one, uh, uh, Don Best, as an example, because the BI numbers, the betting interest numbers, it's going to take longer probably for those to be made than the actual betting numbers, uh, honestly. So we're kind of at the mercy of the, uh, the admin side of it, but uh, that's gotten better over the years, too. That's not a knock on those folks. They're trying to keep track of, uh, the matchups as well. The times will have to be adjusted. So the key is uh, getting the matchups. We'll put the numbers up right away, and then uh, professional bettors will be on the other side of the counter betting as much as uh, you know ten thousand a game as uh, uh, as the numbers come up. So we'll make our numbers, and then pros will make theirs uh, as well, and then they'll, they'll compare numbers, and that's uh, that's how they fire. But you know that, James. You do that every day, my friend. <laughs> We're speaking with Vinny Maiulo, odds maker here at the South Point. You mentioned that the minute you guys get your numbers up, you'll start to see action. How long is that grace period? Is it five minutes? Is it ten minutes? Do you immediately start to see that once you guys get those numbers up? It depends, uh, you know, uh, on on what uh, betters will compare uh, what they made to what we made. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, as an example, today I think what you saw, you know, here's just we'll use a game of today kind of as a. Uh, as an example, where you know Texas, uh, Tennessee, and Texas A&M, where that game uh, actually opened higher, right? Then uh, you know, and, and and there was a take on the game, right? Now that was more of a power rating. We, you know, you did anticipate that there would be support for the dog, particularly the way they're playing and who they who they beat to get here. But we also don't, you know, knock and you know, pay attention to who uh, Tennessee beat to get here. Of course, the number one seed yesterday in Kentucky, a great defensive effort by the Vols yesterday too. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll depend on you know how how professional betters uh, compare their numbers to what we make. So you'll see some numbers move a lot quicker than other numbers, and more underdog money in recent years. Uh, you know, because there's value with points, and frankly, you know, uh, look at Vsin's educated folks uh, to pay attention to not just the favorites and the high seeds, but also to uh, some of the underdogs as well. Vinny, let's talk about the future market. I'm just curious, how fluid does that 
get? Does that do you move numbers based on maybe where a particular team is seated and or what region they might be playing in either that first round or that second round? Does that ever impact based on the draw that they get? Does that impact the future market for any of these teams? It could, James. And again, the first and the most important element of of you know who's going to you know how the futures are is where we stand already. And right, remember we put these up last April. So you know who's gotten action you know during the course of the past year and then you know recently you know Duke. Where where do we have exposure? Teams like Duke, Alabama, Tennessee, Arizona. You know so. We'll, we'll take into account, okay, maybe we won't necessarily hang them as high as some spots, but then again, we'll raise somebody else. You know, we can stand to take a bet uh, on a Baylor, right? Um, Kentucky got some uh, some love recently as well. Uh, you know, maybe you adjust, you want to also adjust teams within that region. So once the regions are announced, there'll be the overall future book that comes up, and then you put the regions as well, uh, who's going to win the respective regions too. So, uh, yeah, the adjustment will be made first and foremost based on where we stand in terms of liability going into the tournament. But then again, uh, there'll be uh, there'll be some consideration as to where teams uh, are going to play, especially let's say Duke gets through these first two games, and uh, they uh, you know the committee honors uh, I don't know the Shashevsky wind up uh, in Chicago. I've got to look at the further into the bracket. So. Uh, Things like that, and I think they're going to wind up. They could possibly wind up in the first round down in uh, in the Carolina area. So you want to pay attention to where teams are, are geographically positioned as well. Vinny, we got about two and a half minutes left. I'm really curious to know because we see Championship Week more and more tourists coming into town. More and more of these recreational betters, like you outlined, have been building and betting on a lot of these games. So I want to ask you: Do these March Madness games, once the bracket get reve- gets revealed, do they kind of operate in the same way as we see other kind of outlets like the Super Bowl, where the recreational money doesn't really come in until late, or do you kind of sometimes see it at open with some of these games here because there's people hanging out still here on a Sunday afternoon. When should that public money really come in for these games that are coming up starting on Thursday? Yeah, good, good, good question, Femi. So today, because they'll be here, right? Folks will be here uh, this evening. Once we, you know, this afternoon, really. Once we release the numbers, you'll get some play. So Super Bowl Sunday, or, or Super, the Super Bowl number comes out right after the second conference tournament, uh, conference championship game. And then professionals definitely weigh in, and uh, recreational, casual, the the public bets their games because they're here, right? They're cashing tickets Mm -hmm. from that day, and they're betting. Now, today will be a little bit of the same thing, but the public money will really start coming in uh, this, uh, you know, coming Wednesday evening, right? As folks start coming to town, and they're going to come into town a little bit earlier, too, because they're going to make it not just about the four days, but they'll do some other things here. And we're back to normal now, too, which will be, you know, something to compare back to 2019. I think it's safe to say that the, that the response by – I just look at, you know, one of the big indicators for us is, uh, you know, uh, hotel occupancy, which is very strong and it, it, uh, approaching 100% already. So once we, we realize that, folks will start coming in uh, Tuesday, Wednesday for sure to want to get a little bit of golf in, a little other recreation, and then it's uh, full speed ahead betting on all the games starting on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. 
He is Vinny Maiulo, oddsmaker here at the South Point. Vinny, I know it's a busy day ahead. You'll be on VEASAN all throughout the day. So uh, we'll let you rest up here for a little while before it really starts to ramp up. But uh, best of luck today, buddy. I'll wait till April uh, April to rest, fellas. But uh, enjoy the games, guys. And uh, tune in to Visa in the night. Numbers, uh, pairings come out, numbers will follow. Excellent stuff. That is Vinny Maiulo, oddsmaker here at the South Point. Really, really interesting stuff, James, I want to ask you about on the other side, reacting to what Vinny shared with us here about the betting habits of the recreational bettors here. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage. Starting today at 6 p.m. Eastern with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops, Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VSIN.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. We're sitting at the halfway point of the show here. Femi Abebefe coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out in Colorado. They're hanging out as we're previewing all things Selection Sunday. And real quick to set the table on some scores we've got going on right now. In the Ivy League Championship game, Yale leads Princeton 51-45. Five and a half is our live number in favor of Yale. Total 126 and a half. In the SEC title game. We have Tennessee up by 6, 16 to 10 over Texas A&M. About 8.15 left to go in the first half. Volunteers, seven and a half point favorites live. Live total 120 and a half, so we're trending under at the Amelie Arena. And then in the A-10, Richmond, James is on Richmond, plus three and a half. They lead 17-13, nine minutes to go until halftime. One and a half is our number, 131 and a half, the total here, James. Yeah, and that game here, Richmond, this is what we're going to see. Richmond's going to value the basketball like they have all season long, commit less than 10 turnovers per game, only committed five in that comeback win in their semifinal game in the A-10 to get to this championship matchup. And they start four seniors, have two come off the bench. This is going to be a team that's played together for quite a while, know where each other is and value the basketball. And I think that's where it continued. The other part, too, is then the intangible of this is the only way Richmond gets in the dance is they got to win this game. Davidson's in if they win. Yeah. If they lose, it doesn't matter. This game's kind of inconsequential outside of just saying that you won the 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 tournament the, the tournament um, the tournament championship. Yep. I just think the urgency for Richmond is definitely going to be there. The fact that they value the ball and execute. That's why I like the side here with the with Richmond. And I'm looking at Tennessee and Texas A&M. So the under is not looking good here. Texas A&M maybe a little bit emotionally flat after two huge upset wins yeah. over Arkansas and Auburn. Got off to a really slow start shooting the basketball. They had been shooting the ball over 50% from three-point land in those tournament games. Came out, I think they missed their first nine, eight or nine shots from the floor on the outside. But starting to find themselves, getting themselves back into this game. And I think I'm going to get involved right now as we speak. That okay. number sitting at AM plus nine and a half. And I am going to do this 
Pardon this me. This is live on the air, folks. Well, that's what we do, right? That's, that's why this we're, what here. we're so doing here. I, I, I love it. It just Jim. takes a little while. It's spinning and it's spinning. Yeah. All right. It took the bet. There we go. There so, we right, go. so uh, we're in live. We're in live with Texas A&M plus nine and a half. I know they're down nine right now, but I think for, for A&M, finding that second win and sometimes potentially a little emotionally flat, just figuring the, the games that they play and the high level that they were playing at, this is a team that also goes deep. And I think for mm-hmm. Buzz Williams, he went right to his bench. He could see right away, all right, offensively, for our starters, we are a little flat, a little sluggish here. Let me get some bench players in there. Get some minutes going. Let those starters have a seat on the bench. Kind of recompose themselves, re-energize themselves, get back to that second win, get emotionally vested back into this game. And I think for for AM, they're going to find ways to be able to create some turnovers here. We've seen it kind of a sloppy game from both teams, but now Tennessee's starting to throw the ball away in their half-court sets. They've committed turnovers on their last couple of possessions. Yeah, I know that game, Tennessee right now up 19 to 10 worth the under eight media timeout in the SEC championship. We'll be keeping our eyes on that. Greg Hoops Peterson said that he thought Tennessee is starting to become a chic pick to go far into the tournament. And with that defense, you see why a lot of people are trying to buy in. In the last segment, we just had Vinny Maiulo on Oddsmaker here at the South Point. Vinny, great guy, always fun chatting with him, has a lot of really good insights. And I asked him about like kind of what the betting habits are of the public about just kind of where and when they try to fire in on some of these March Madness bets. And I thought it was interesting, James, that he mentioned that early on, because there's still a lot of recreational bettors in town, that they'll take a nibble on some of those early numbers. But as many expect, the majority of the quote-unquote public money starts to come in Tuesday, Wednesday, before the field of 64 tips off Thursday morning here. But it just how do you time your bets for this March Madness tournament because almost what you bet on is almost as important as when you bet it if you're trying to get the best of the number of whichever side you like. Yeah, and a lot of times I don't get the. I'm, I'm not looking to try to get the best of the number because I want to take some time to process the matchup. And for me, it's so I'm so much the eye test guy, being able to watch these teams. And a lot of times, and this is, this is always my challenge, Femi, is to be more disciplined in that first round, not get out there and fire on too many games. Let me see some of these teams that I haven't seen because we're having, you know, we've got a lot of small conferences won their automatic yeah. bid with their conference tournament that they're in there, and I'm not as familiar with those teams. Doesn't mean that they can't get out there and compete and cover some of these numbers as, a, as an underdog because I am that underdog better, but I want to be able to, to read some, get, get, take some time to process, find the information that I want to look for. How deep is this team? What kind of, what kind of experience do they have? Do they shoot the ball? Well? Do they value the basketball, turn the overs, those kind of things. And then also be able to watch these teams. And I think for me, trying to stay disciplined in that first, the Thursday and the Friday game to watch these games, maybe watch the first half, maybe get a sense of how these teams are playing and how they're, what, you know, what kind of, because basketball is really not that complicated. I mean, this isn't the NFL, all the X's and O's, and you could have a completely different game plan from week to week based on your opponent. Basketball is, you are what you are. You play seven or eight guys potentially, and that's the max that you have off. You're going to run your, whether you're a half-court team or a full-court team, and what type of sets you run, how do you defend the perimeter, those types of things. You can pretty much find, it doesn't take long to see what a team can do. Sometimes even just one game, or in this sense here, maybe I'm just trying to see for the first 20 minutes of this game, the style of play and does, is it conducive for potentially making a halftime wager or a live bet? So, yeah, I'm not looking to see what those opening numbers are and try to get the best of it right away, unless it's a matchup where I'm familiar with both teams yeah. and feeling like I have a good read on both these teams and I think there's an edge based on the matchup one way or the other. 
Yeah, I think that you can get into trouble firing on a lot of these games that we've never seen the team even play. I know I got into a little bit of trouble last year. Uh, I, every, I felt like everybody was back in UC Santa Barbara against Creighton, I believe they were playing, and everybody loved them as like this kind of frisky underdog that can knock them off outright, and, and it didn't go as well as we all thought as Creighton went in advance, ended up going all the way to the Sweet 16, I believe it was, where they lost to Gonzaga. But it, it's just kind of interesting that, like, the, the the appetite for betting on a team that you've maybe seen play once is something that we see in March Madness, but it's the madness and people like these games are going to watch them. So they want to bet on them. That's why we see high volume in the month of March here across the country now with sports betting being legalized in a, quite a bit of states. I wanted to ask you kind of about conference tournaments and how that sort of translates to the big tournament, the big dance coming up here on Thursday here. Do you factor in much of how teams are playing right now this weekend and kind of thinking that it's going to translate over to what happens in the NCAA tournament, or is it a completely new season for you? It depends. I think I think for a team that's playing well, really, whether it's the conference tournament or leading up to that conference tournament, has this team, you know, looking at the body of work and what have they done? What have you done for me lately? What have you done recently? How and a team like Texas A&M, yes, they're, they're getting off to a slow start here in the SEC title game, but after that eight-game losing streak, they've really righted themselves and found themselves with the momentum and, and the style of play that they want to be at. This is a team that knows who they are. They have their identity, and that rolls in with some of momentum into, into the big dance, into the tournament. So it's not necessarily just the conference tournament. It's more, so the, okay, how did they play the last 10 games prior to the conference mm -hmm. tournament? And then the other side, Femi, Sometimes these conference tournaments, can, especially if you go deep and you make a deep run, you get to the finals, you win the finals, how much energy was expended during that time? Yeah. You might have had to play four games in four days, some really high-level, competitive, physical basketball games, and then you're going to turn around and play. You're traveling somewhere. You're a West Coast team, and you went and ran your – you did well in your conference tournament. Now you're traveling out east. Who knows where you're going? You're playing the first game. You're playing an early morning game on a Thursday pretty quick turnaround so I think a lot of it comes to scheduling as well so some things to be that that I'm keeping in mind is how do they finish out but also how much energy do they expend within that conference tournament and are they having to ship out the travel involved and now playing at some site and a different region and you're playing early especially those Thursday games a lot of times you might see some of those favorites coming out and they're not in the region that they were hoping to be in eh, maybe coming out a little bit flat sometimes because they all look at their brackets too everybody likes oh, yeah. to fill out a bracket you know these college kids are out there looking at the brackets and looking <laughs> ahead as well oh they 100% are that all the whole one game at a time moniker maybe the coaches do that but the players you know that they're looking at the potential matchups down the road and what they yep. could be I think one team that might fit the bill there that could be exhausted if they have to play early Thursday is Virginia Tech. You know, we saw Virginia Tech beat Duke last night there in the ACC tournament, winning four games in four days. And the metrics like this team, they're number 23 in Ken Palm. I can see a lot of people gravitating toward them as like a, this team maybe can make a sweet 16 run or what have you here. It wouldn't shock me if they lost on Thursday just because of the energy it takes to win four yeah. games in four days. And they were a bubble team and they ended up winning their way into this tournament. So I think that that may be, can just take a little bit out of them with how much energy they expended in the ACC tournament here. And, I mean, doesn't you can't forget, they went to overtime with Clemson on, on Wednesday. So how good could they actually be if that's what they actually did in this tournament? On the other side, we'll turn our attention back to the NFL, clean up some notes on the Carson Wentz trade and also Amari Cooper in Cleveland. What's going on down in Dallas? We'll discuss it here. It's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM.
This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas. He's out there in Colorado. I'm holding things down here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James, we've got a close game in this Ivy League championship right now. Two minutes to go. Yale leads Princeton 60-55. to Princeton closed as three-and-a-half-point favorites, and it looks like Yale could be the team that gets the auto bid out of the Ivy League if they're able to hold on in this last couple minutes. Well, we know it's going to come down as free throw shooting. Looks like they just took it to the took it to the cup and got fouled here. This is the team that shoots nearly seventy four percent from the free throw line. Does Yale? The other side here with <laughs> Princeton, not a good free throw shooting team, which is really interesting considering how well they shoot the ball from three point land. Uh, definitely the opposite when it comes to free throw shooting. They're under sixty five percent of the foul shooting team. So a team like Yale that is going to be a, a more of an experience, going to be an experienced team that has confidence at the free throw line. I mean, that's, that's going to be you're going to have to have some misses at the free throw line for Princeton to be able to pull this out. I don't like their chances here. I think Yale, he just knocked down two for two at the free yeah. throw line to extend their lead to seven. Yeah, that's a, a one bid league. So the winner looking like Yale right now, but there's still two minutes to go. We'll see what happens in the Ivy League. But the winner of that game will go to the NCAA tournament. We're also keeping our eyes on the A-10 and the SEC. But let's turn our attention over to the NFL here, James. We mentioned earlier in the show, Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. You're in on Denver to win the AFC West. Didn't take him to win the AFC or to win the Super Bowl. But on the NFC side, couple of big moves out in the NFC East and none bigger than what we saw with the Washington Commanders trading for Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. This was an interesting deal just because Wentz, I mean, the Colts had to give up a first round pick to get him. Now they trade him just one year later and the commanders in this deal will get Wentz and a second round pick this year while the Indianapolis Colts will get a second rounder for this year and a third rounder for this year and then another third round pick that will become a second if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the plays in 2022. Your thoughts on this deal with Wentz now going to Washington. That's uh, good. I, I like it. Go ahead. There now that miss makes the Washington football team a team for me to start betting against come 2022 <laughs> season. Uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't the futures market move the other way. It did for Washington. <laughs> it did there. I mean, I think it just speaks to the fact that regardless for Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, we're, it, this just speaks to the fact that it, it, you're down to seeds and stems when it comes to the available, the the quarterback market in the NFL right now. You're desperate. There's not a whole lot out there to work with. But he says, oh, you got to get a quarterback. And 
Why fans look at it? We got to get a quarterback. Yeah, it's not that easy though. They're hard to come by. You've got to be able to. You, you very fortunate for a team like Denver to what they've done over the last decade, being able to secure Peyton Manning, winning a Super Bowl. Now you have mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. This is not Russell Wilson coming over here, Carson Wentz. Not only no, from no, a physical no, no. standpoint, <laughs> right? All the injuries that he's had to deal with throughout his career, but the, it's the the mental. It's the it's just not somebody that team teams really believe in as a leader. I think we saw that last year with the Colts and, and wore out his welcome there with, with the owner, the vaccination status going into the season, and just a lot of di- dis- dissension. It was really disconnected from Carson Wentz. And so they gave up. All right, well, we sacrificed some draft capital. We got to get out of it and try to get the best of what we can back. But I just think for Washington, yeah, Taylor Heineke was not going to be the answer, but the kid was a tough kid back there and really yeah. took a beating uh, last year. But, I mean, Carson Wentz, all right, that works for me. Put the numbers out there, and I'll see how I want to bet against them. <laughs> yeah, if anything, Wentz is the tiniest, tiniest upgrade over a Taylor Heineke, and it's probably just a wash, to be quite honest, when you talk about those two quarterbacks there. But we just had the graphic up, and I thought it was really interesting. Since 2016, the teams who have started the most quarterbacks, Denver's number one with the Washington football team, both of them, 11 QBs started. Now, Denver got their guy in Russell Wilson. They had to pay a premium to do it, but they at least secured somebody who was competent to elite at quarterback to play for them. Washington, 11 11 quarterbacks, the Jets at 10, the Bears at 9, the Browns at 9, the football team, or rather the commanders, I should call them now, they just feel like they're just kind of chasing their own tail with these quarterbacks who are just middle-of-the-road guys, and eventually they're going to have to either find one in the draft or pay the premium price to try to get a quarterback. They tried to do that with Russell Wilson. Seahawks denied it. They didn't want to trade him within the NFC, but uh, now with them having to go after this guy, Carson Wentz, I don't really think it bodes too well for them in 2022. Yeah, and for Washington, there's some talent. I mean, they've got some pieces to work with. I love McLaren, I think, is such, he's been dealing with. I think that's the one piece. When you're going through the the quarterback cycle to this effect where Washington is right there with Denver as far as starting quarterbacks over the last six years, you know, you get a, a receiver like McLaren who never sees his full potential because of the lack of consistency at the quarterback position. But, you know, they've got a, a good offensive line. There's some pieces. We know the defensive line is is tremendous. They come back healthy from this season. Definitely need some work on the back end at the safety spot. But, you know, I, when you think about Wentz, I mean, he's just going to find ways. I just don't think he breathe, brings confidence to a team. It's one mm-hmm. thing to, uh, if you have some shake, if you're not really confident in his ability to be a leader for the team, but then making plays out there on the field. I mean, he tries to prove that he's an ambidextrous quarterback. When is he going to start throwing <laughs> left-handed passes at the goal line again? It just so he tries, and I think for Carson Wentz, he's been trying to play hero ball his entire career, coming out of a small school, being drafted as high as where he went. Then having to go to Philly, you know how that fan base yeah. is. They'll, they'll love you and turn on you in a second. It's a very tough fan base to please out there in Philadelphia. Uh, and never just, I think he's always felt like he's had to try to prove himself, not only because of where he came from, from college, being drafted so high, but then the injuries and thinking about being injured the year that Philadelphia went and made the Super Bowl one and won the title that year. He was not part of it. He was down that year. And I think he's feeling like I've got to validate myself for so many different reasons and forcing things that just there's times just to throw the ball away and live to punt the ball and live to play another series. Uh, yeah. This feels like he's got to play hero on each and every play. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like with all that talking about him, his play on the field that he doesn't seem like he's a well-liked guy within the locker room either. I mean, yeah. Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, he covers the Indianapolis Colts out there in Indianapolis. And in a quote that he had in his article recently about Carson Wentz, he said, quote, over the course of the year, some grew frustrated at what they deemed a lack of leadership, a resistance to hard coaching and a reckless style of play, which had a role in several close losses this year. And to that, I say good luck to the Washington Commanders. Uh, staying in the NFC East here, James, the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, we talked about this team last week about how they planned to release Amari Cooper. They found a trade partner and that partner is the Cleveland Browns. The Cowboys send wide receiver Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth and a sixth round draft pick. Dallas also sends a sixth rounder to Cleveland. And at BetMGM, they're the favorite. Minus 120 to win the division. We talked about how we can try to fade the Cowboys. Uh, are we continuing on this train now that Cooper's no longer in the division? And Dallas, from a, maybe a salary cap standpoint, they're better. But from a player-to-player -player standpoint, clearly this is a worse deal for them. Yeah, I think for Dallas, not so much because Amari Cooper is gone, but they're now they're going to be thin at the receiver position. We know that Gallup had the ACL injury late in the season. What's he going to win and if he's going to come back? But, you know, just just looking at the coaching staff on the sideline, I, it's great yeah. that Quinn came back at the defensive side to, to be able to keep that team together, but they've got some issues at the with, with their pass rushers up front with Lawrence and Gregory, and just a lot of salary cap casualties to come, whether it be through trade or having to just release guys because they are in the hole uh, collectively as a team on that roster for Dallas. And thinking about within that division, yeah, that's not a team I want to bet to win this division. That's the one thing with Dallas. That star on their helmet, that's a target. Everybody mm -hmm. brings their best effort playing the Cowboys. And a team like Philadelphia that I think they're plus 300 to win that division. I haven't dug into this, the schedules this deeply at, at this time. I and mean, we were talking March. A lot of things that happen through the draft and free yeah. agency. But I, thought, I, think, I think we saw from last year with – Philadelphia. This is a team that changed their identity midseason and said, we are going to be a run first team. We're going to be physical and we're going to grind and pound teams in the NFL because teams are not built to stop the run anymore. It's just a different style of play in the NFL. They went back to old school and had some great success rushing the football. Uh, that's where I kind of like for the, the course of an entire season, maybe plus 300 with Philadelphia to win that NFC East is, is probably the way I'd lean. Yeah, that's the way I'd lean as well. Philadelphia, I mean, Washington was looking like a potential team. If they got a good quarterback, they didn't. They got Carson Wentz. The New York Giants, maybe Trubisky, 7-1. to one. Uh, I know you're not buying into Big Blue, though, here in the year one under Brian Dayball. But NFL free agency, the legal tampering period starts tomorrow. So keep your head on a swivel with the moving and shaking in the National Football League. On the other side, hour number three. We're at halftime of the SEC and A-10 title game. We'll get you up to date.